Welcome to Chunks Chats. I'm Tiffany and I started a hair club business called Chunks out of my basement in Seattle in 2019 and it went from a one woman show to now a team of 15. This is where I chat about growing our small business, responsible manufacturing, and all the nuances in between. Today we are super lucky to be talking to Leah Yu of Crave Beauty. Hi Leah! Hello! Thanks for having me. Such a huge fan of the show. Yay! Love the cover art and love all the clips from Chunks. It's so good (laughs) love it and you're wearing the clear checker right now yes we just did like a swap with our teams of like goodies yeah i love it it kind of reminded me of the care package day swaps like back in og youtube days oh where you send a care package to another youtuber and you unbox it together and you collaborate on the content oh it kind of felt like that in a way it felt nice and very nostalgic for some reason i didn't know that was a thing but that sounds lovely (laughs) it really was tell us like a short background of of you just where are you right now like you're based in new york yes correct my name is leah Yu. i'm the founder of a skincare brand called crave beauty i think i always say this that we're a skincare brand that tries to and aims to slow down this fast fashion like beauty industry and my previous life was a content creator so i also label myself as a content creator turned entrepreneur and we started back in 2017 december so it's been a little bit over five years already which is so crazy i was born and raised in korea and then i moved to new york city in 2018 so it makes it five years ever since i was here in the states so it's been a great journey and a great roller coaster ride the past five years, but it's been a very dynamic and a fun one. Oh my goodness. You started your YouTube channel in Korea then. Yeah, that's correct. I think because, you know, back in the days, in early like 2010s, a lot of people were wondering about like how are Korean celebrity skin so good? Like they are 50, but they look like they're in their 20s. So there were a lot of interests about Korean beauty and Korean skincare specifically. So because I was in Korea, I started just reviewing a lot of Korean skincare products, Korean beauty products, doing like OG makeup tutorials from other like K-pop idols. Yeah. So that's how I started my YouTube in Korea. What year did you start your YouTube? In 2012. So it's been 11 or 12 years even. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Well, first of all, why are we here? Let's, I want to, <laughs> I want to highlight a fun little activation that we're doing together. We are celebrating AAPI month with a gift with purchase swap between yes. the two of us. That starts, I believe, May 29th. Yeah. And all purchases over $60 on our site, you'll get Crave Beauty's Beat the Sun SPF. And for all purchases over 60 on your site, you'll get a Flower Power Claw from Which our Dreamscape so collection. Isn't it cute? Yes. yes, so cute. So that was kind of the impetus for why we decided to have a little chat. But I was recently reading this article about you. Do you remember doing a fire, fire ant article? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was a good one. It really got into my favorite interview. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It really got into a lot of the things that I think we're both interested in. Just, Mm -hmm. you know, nerding out about sustainability. Mm -hmm. I was just getting more and more excited as I was like reading the interview. Do you remember the moment that you realized you cared about sustainability and environmental responsibility? Yeah, I think that's a really good question because the personal motivation and personal passion 
from a founder's perspective really does cascade down to how the business runs and operates. When I look back into my personal journey and then when I started caring about the environment or the impact that we businesses have was probably with me dating my partner mm-hmm. and he switched his career from oil and gas to climate change. So he had his own like personal epiphany and a personal pivot into his career and I think just observing and witnessing how he's working so hard to solve real problems but mm-hmm. I was in beauty I was in skincare I always felt that I was just solving first world problems which is not true because acne struggles can really damage someone's mental health and like personal confidence and all that but I felt that there's more to what I'm meant to do and I think because of that influence that I had so near me I started thinking a lot about that as more of a priority into how I you know live and how I operate my business and even with the YouTube that I have I also published a lot of sustainability related content as well yeah I remember for me the seed of it started when I was in fashion school Mm. because I would just see how much wasted material we were going through like before (laughs) you even get to production you have to make like so many samples and it's just all going in the garbage and I was like this doesn't feel good. Right. And I really struggled for a long time Mm. kind of after I left school because I kind of realized I wasn't going to work in the fashion industry. (laughs) It just didn't didn't resonate with me. And then it was difficult because I just spent all this time and money going to fashion school. But there was this really big disconnect because I'm like, I'm one of those people like I really have to know why I'm doing something in order to do it. Mm -hmm. And fashion also just seemed like a first world problem that I was like, it doesn't Mm. feel meaningful enough for me to like, do it in a way where I'm a hundred percent in and that's still an evolution for me too like Mm. I'm I'm still finding meaning in what I'm doing every day (laughs) I feel like we're always changing right and and the world is always changing so it's just a constant like (laughs) reevaluation that I do every day No, no, I think that's only natural, right? Because you have so many different life stages and with like additional team member that you add on to the team, they would also bring their own personal perspective and values and their personal motivation towards environmental responsibility or social governance and all that. So it makes you as a founder always think how to integrate that into a whole business plan and how you can act on a personal level. Yeah, that's totally true the teamwork aspect of it too because once you have a team it's not just you and your motivation it's like an amalgam of the whole team and what they believe in yeah another story that just came to my mind is that when I moved to the states in 2018 because I grew up in a Korea like I didn't really have the urgency that oh my god like our country is producing so much waste or the Mm -hmm. like I didn't feel that because the recycling system and the waste treatment system in Korea is so meticulous and it is very well developed that you would think when you're recycling a water bottle you need to put like detach the the sticker label off the clear water bottle so that it makes sure that the entire clear water bottle gets recycled and the label Mm. will get recycled in another stream so I never felt that you know like we need to act now like the climate crisis here when I was living in Korea but then when I moved to New York 
you know, first of all, not a lot of curbside recycling accepts all the recyclable materials. I think that was the biggest culture shock that I had that you're literally dumping everything into garbage, whether it's recyclable or non recyclables, into one bin and then you're just disposing that and like it's all going to landfill. And the recycling municipality systems here are not, I guess, motivated or compensated or incentivize enough to recycle the materials. So, I mean, I think the system here is broken, and that's、yeah. why I started caring a lot about <laughs> what I can do on a personal level and what I can do to educate other customers or other people in my community through my content. Yeah, there's so many branches as you were talking that I could just like. Go down rabbit holes with you for hours, probably just because of like why that is, like why our culture and our infrastructure of, of recycling is so bad.、Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm sure I can't imagine the culture shock. I mean, historically, our incentives were just incentivized、yeah. in a very capitalist way, right? Totally. So we're on an extreme as a country, and the incentives, as far as like the, the regulations. Yeah. The enforcement is just like not there at all. Yeah. Or the infrastructure for that matter.、Mm -hmm. Like recycling is almost a joke. It, it really is. But I hope that, you know, the demand and regulation enforcement of wanting businesses to use recycled content. Like post consumer recycled plastic or post consumer recycled cardboards would hopefully incentivize the recycling stream and the whole infrastructure to hopefully level up a little bit and、yeah. make sure that things are getting recycled. Totally. How do you kind of stay grounded in your mission to slow down the industry?、Mm. When we live in this culture of such, like, especially in beauty, where it's like such a hyper grown industry,、yeah. how do you, how do you like stay aligned? Yeah, I think I didn't know this before, but I think the biggest privilege that we have as a business is that we don't have any investors or other shareholders. Like, I own 100% of my business. And that gives us liberty and the full agency to operate in our own pace. And I know、yeah. that some other you know, founders that are my friends, they don't have that same freedom to operate in the same way because there's investors who's wanting the return on investment in a certain and specific time period. So you, they are probably pressuring them to exit the business in five years, which means that you need to launch so many products at once to expand、mm. the business, to expand your presence in the retailer shelves. To kind of eat up all the market share in specific retailers. But another thing is that we're also not in beauty retailers.、Mm. And I think that's another big factor that we're able to just do our own thing without needing to care about the trends in the beauty industry or what's, what's happening in the beauty retailer side or what are they pushing. But all in all, we're a D2C business and I hope to. Stay it this way. I mean, we're experimenting with different retailers, but it's very hard for us to partner with beauty retailers for that very reason because I know what happens when a brand goes into these, like, you know, specific beauty retailers and then suddenly they started with one or two products, but now they have like 50 different products because they need to. Abide by the marketing calendar of、mm. the beauty retailers and all that. So it is it is definitely challenging. There's a lot of 
temptations and when I see other founders getting a big fat exit and a big fat check at the end of the exit it does make me kind of question like oh am I like doing things a little bit dumb or am I you know a little bit slow but I think at the end of the day I'm here for the long run and I made peace with that and just meeting someone like you or like-minded peoples in the in and outside our industry is always going to be helpful to kind of reaffirm that I'm on my own path and that is okay I can take my own time and that's also okay yeah that's amazing I I feel like that's constantly a struggle for me you know I think I have a very strong sense of purpose but just the comparison culture is real and and it's very easy even as a successful brand to feel like you're never doing enough or you're you're just not doing it the right way but if you are doing a brand that's that's trying to do good and trying to do something different then your success metrics have to change right mm-hmm. so what are your success metrics it's it's interesting because i don't think just because we are taking our own time that we need to stay small so in order for us to have an impact and have an influence like Patagonia has in the fashion industry and the entire supply chain and making sure that it operates more sustainably, I think we need to be at a size where we have the gravity of the right. voice. Totally. So I think with that, it comes to a challenge of, okay, we're not like pursuing this like capitalism at all costs or like growth at all costs, but how do we grow consciously and how do we grow intentionally? I think we came down to just making sure that we're growing our customer base, not the product base. So we always say that we're here to sell one product to 10 people, not 10 products to one person. Right. So I think that's eventually comes down to how many customers do we have and how many new customers have we gained? Can we be this kind of next Vaseline brand where it becomes like a household essential to all American houses at mm. the end of the day, like in yeah. in a few decades, hopefully. Um, so I think that's my goal. And with that, our KPI is always the customer numbers. Mm. Yeah, I mean, even even though we live in you know a capitalist society where it seems like the bottom line is always the most important thing. It's always people that's behind that. And I think like when culture has reached an extreme, which I think we're kind of at right now, there's always going to be a large group of people who are ready for something completely different. Mm -hmm. And so I think brands like ours have a really amazing opportunity to like resonate with those people who are like ready for change yeah and and we just have to kind of reach that tipping point right where like Mm -hmm. it's enough people who can kind of buy into our like to the change that we want to see and the values and then it kind of like cascades down or cascades across you know (laughs) the population no i i hope that is true and i think it is true we are at the kind of the midst of paradigm shift in a way of how people consume 
now a lot of people vote with their dollar, dollars. Totally. And they do care about what the company stands for. They do care about who's behind the company. They do care about the impact report of each brand and companies that they're buying from. So I think you're right. Uh, but at the end of the day, it does matter for in- indie brands, like independent brands like us, to stay as strong as possible mm-hmm. for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. Because once it gets acquired, that's just giving more dollars to a bigger conglomerate company, right? Yeah. So I think as a founder, you always need to question about your existence or like your exit or your end goal with the business. And sometimes it's it's hard. Like it's definitely fair for founders to want that big compensation at the end of the 10-year mark of such dedication and hard work and commitment but I think there's pros and cons to each path, to be honest. And it just comes down to like each founder's, you know, what, what they feel is important in their own life. Totally, yeah. Yeah. So you, do you produce all your products in Korea? We do, except for our Beta Sun. So the newest okay. sunscreen was manufactured in the States and was oh. developed by a U.S. lab. Okay. I'm really interested in how the beauty industry is evolving in Korea versus the U.S. Like Korea is so advanced, right, with their skincare manufacturing and production. How is sustainability playing into it over there? Yeah, I think maybe two years ago, I would say that Korea is a little bit behind of Mm. thinking about sustainability first. To be honest, Mm -hmm. compared to U.S.-based brands or U.S.-based suppliers and manufacturers and vendors. Yeah. But the good thing about Korea is that because it's so small and because it only has one government, when there is a regulation enforced or in Mm -hmm. app, the immediate effect is so fast. So with that, there's a lot of regulation that's being placed in the cosmetics industry or just product industry in general with the waste management or how much PCR content that you need to use in your Mm. products and the packaging. Or I know that the government recently introduced another law saying that the shipper boxes, the mailer boxes for e-com brands, it needs to be reusable. So you're only using reusable mailer boxes. So I don't know how that's going to play out infrastructurally. I didn't look deeper into that. But with that, I think a lot of Korean suppliers and manufacturers and everyone, like every vendor in the supply chain has been acting really fast to innovate and make sure that their material is up to par with the regulation and also lesser impact. So I would say now compared to the U.S. companies and U.S. suppliers, it's probably a little bit more advanced, but... I'm not exactly sure in terms of comparison. Yeah, cool. That totally makes sense, though, as far as just like how quickly the industry can change. Yeah, it's a small country. It really is. Do you um, still go back pretty often? Like your family, is your family all there? My parents are there. My brother is in the States and I go back, I try to go back once a once a year at least. And then mm-hmm. before that, I had a whole Korea team and a Korea operation. So I had to go back more than once a year. But we closed down our Korea office because it was a little bit too hard to manage like both mm. teams internationally. I would never get a break, to be honest. So with that, I'm much more at peace mentally because mm. I can have more of my evening time. 
and oh yeah. yeah yeah that the time change is brutal <laughs> it's like <laughs> your work is never ending <laughs> yeah oh but yeah once a year i i love going back to home i know i've so i'm korean but i was born and raised here and i've only been to korea once oh no way yeah and when was that it was like 10 years ago <laughs> oh my god that's like 2013 yeah like 20 yeah mm-hmm. that's when i graduated college <laughs> wow so leah just curious like what do you do when you're feeling overwhelmed and what is bringing you joy at the moment i want to ask you this question too i feel like i'm asking you these questions because <laughs> i've been thinking because i've been overwhelmed recently and i'm like leah please tell me what you do when you're overwhelmed <laughs> oh that's so funny Uh, I can definitely relate. But one thing that's bringing me so much joy at the moment is rock climbing. Or I just started going into the climbing gym near my house. And it's been amazing because I never thought that I would enjoy climbing. But I was watching the Ultimate Beastmasters on Netflix. (laughs) And it seems like all the good ones or all the top athletes or top runners are Uh climbers. And it was so interesting because they don't look that big or bulky, but they have all those like functional muscles in their entire body. So I was so curious about like what this climbing thing is. So I started going into climbing and then I realized that when you're on the wall climbing, you're, mm-hmm. you literally cannot think of anything else but the next hold and but mm. to but not falling from the yeah. from the <laughs> wall, right? So right. I think it's been a forced meditation because you yeah. can't think of anything else. So you're very present with <laughs> in the moment with your yeah. holds and the next step and all that. Not that I'm a fantastic climber, I'm a very newbie and a beginner, but it's been something that really releases my stress very very well it's been bringing me joy because every time i go in i can see my little tiny progress every time that's been something that i've been recommending to my overwhelmed friends and stressed out founders and there are actually a lot of founders in our gym so i think there's an Mm. evidence that it it is great for entrepreneurs or overwhelmed individuals i can totally see rock climbing as something that like founders would gravitate towards Cause it's yeah. like kind of a solo meditative, literally like creating your own path. <laughs> like it's a certain type of person that's gonna do that. Um, yes, exactly. That's so funny. But have you seen One Hundred? Oh, the physical One Hundred. Oh yeah, yeah, physical One Hundred. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I have. Yeah, and that one of the finalists there was like a climber. I know. It was so good. Cause he good. was just so like functionally balanced with his body. Yeah, that's my aspiration right now to have that entire like functional balanced body. Yeah, <laughs> but I agree. Like exercise is is huge for me. Like because of exactly what you said, you can only think about the next second when you're holding like a two minute plank and you're just like okay i gotta get through the next three seconds like it just clears your mind so well it's a brain detox for sure yeah i am curious actually like kind of how active are you in the product development is the product development like all you and is it all kind of self-taught it is 
not all me. It started as all me, but uh-huh. we do have a product development team of two people at the moment. Nice. So definitely been really helpful to bring on someone who has more experience than I do. Mm. But when starting, it was definitely self-taught. And then I have the habit of just going down deeper and deeper and digging the entire hole when I have a curiosity. So that was my way of just understanding some lingos and like the formulas, the compositions of it so that I have enough base knowledge to talk to the chemists not the marketing like sales manager of the labs Mm -hmm. and that's been really helpful because i don't think a lot of brands product developers go to these labs and talk to actual chemists or even excite the chemists by any Mm. chance because they just want like oh like retinol is trending do you have any formulas that are suitable for like this 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 and then for me i'm very curious about just entire mechanism of retinol so i need to have a deep conversation with that uh, with the chemist about that so i think in a way the chemists like whether they have few years of experience or like 20 years of experience they all get excited because Mm. they finally met a brand developer like a brand owner who cares so much about the formula itself so that's been my way of approaching product development and that's why i think all of our formulas took so long (laughs) to develop (laughs) but it's been very fulfilling because every product is really 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 coveted by our community and our audience and I'm a personal user of my all of my products, so it's it's been a great learning journey. Yeah, and I really respect how tight and intentional your product lineup is. Mm. Right, like it's it's really just built on basics. Really is, yeah. And I think that's part of like how we can slow down is realizing like we only need the basics. Yeah, your skin can do so much. You don't right. need all these 20-step skincare products. It's actually probably not good for you to have no. that many things on your face, no. even if they're supposed to be good for you. I mean, it just doesn't make sense, you know? Yeah, it only aggravates or inflames and sensitizes your skin. And I've been there and done that. At one point, I was using 14 products in one single routine, and my skin was so weak. Like, it was so weak. Huh, it's crazy. Well, I'm so glad that we got to talk. I feel like we could keep talking. This was super fun, and thank you so much for your time. Of course. Thank you, Tiffany. Huge fan of the show again. Excited to finally meet you in person. Likewise. I'll catch up with you later. And just to remind you, we do have a gift with purchase offer going on right now. It's live as of yesterday. So head to the site. The deal is if you spend $60 on our site, you'll get Crave Beauty Beat the Sun SPF. It's a full size, guys. Like it's a good deal and it's getting sunny, you know, or if you're not in Seattle, it's probably already sunny and you need that sunscreen. Crave Beauty does an excellent job creating the cleanest formulation they're great if you haven't checked them out already please do likewise if you purchase $60 or over on cravebeauty.com you will get a chunks 
flower power claw. It's really, really cute. It's like this um, translucent green box claw with printed flowers on it. It's very 90s. It's very cool and cute and it's very summery. So we're just really excited to be able to pair up with Crave Beauty. Like you heard in this podcast, Leah and I are truly like-minded founders and we really care about the same stuff. So go to the website, check it out. Okay, bye.